Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Boquette, and every week I ask special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond all about their favourite musicals and what one show they would order run forever if they were the Mayor of Musical Theatre. A ridiculous made-up position. Today, it's a very special episode. Our long-time listeners to the podcast will know that, I mean, a lot of you have probably been keeping an Excel spreadsheet, keeping track of the guests and their choices. And we have actually been skewed a little towards the feminine side, gender-wise. So I thought I'd make up for that with one episode based on the best man-focused musical ever made, probably. I, I haven't thought about that. But it's utterly incredible show called Choir of Man, which is currently playing at the Arts Theatre in London. Um, they have done the whole theatre out to be like a pub. It's a great pub lock-in where everyone sings great pop songs and it's one of the funniest, most joyous, exciting, thrilling shows that you can possibly see in the West End. So if you haven't already seen it, I mean, don't take my word for it. I'm going to interview some people from it and they'll tell you all about how great it is. They're much more informed, but take it from me. It's a great night out. Um, I'm interviewing on this episode, Luke Connor Hall, Ben Goff, Michael Hamway, who are all in the cast. They play the just men who sing songs. I was going to try and remember their actual titles then, I forgot. Okay, so I think Luke is the romantic, Ben is the handyman, and Michael is the poet. Do they just call him the poet? I think it's just the poet. And they are brilliant. And we're also joined by Nick Dudson, the co-creator and director and producer and all-round wonderful person. We had a lovely time recording this. We had uh, some non-alcoholic beers. It was a lovely, lovely time. Um, it's Because there are so, so many people, it was a bit of an experiment as well in seeing how many people I could possibly cram onto one episode of the podcast. And, you know, we didn't get to all of the questions, but at the same time, we did get a lot of fun chat and a lot of banter. So... I don't know. Let's see. Let me know. Let me know. Get in touch on all the social medias at Musical Mayor Pod on all the social medias. Let me know whether you like big full episodes with loads of people or the more in-depth one-on-one interviews. And I mean, I'll probably do both anyway. I'll, I'll do the interviews that come up. I, I can't be picky. I, I interview the coolest people in the world and I can't be picky about that. They're wonderful. Um, so yeah, go to Choir of Man westend.com for all tickets and information. This podcast is produced in association with musicaltheatrereview.com, your premier source for news, reviews and interviews on all things on stage, backstage and worldwide. So right, let's get into this slightly chaotic but really fun, really funny podcast with the brilliant cast and also Nick Dudson of the Choir of Man at the Arts Theatre. Let's get into it. How many burns am I going to bridge? That doesn't make sense. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer and now podcaster slash fake mayor Ian Boquette. But I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than any of my guests today. That's right, guests plural. We have a lot of guests. It's going to be a chaotic episode, but a fun one. Today I am joined by three of the incredibly talented cast of the brilliant The Choir of Man, plus the co-creator slash director slash producer thrown in for good measure. So uh, to kick things off, can I ask you all to introduce yourselves and maybe let our listeners know what role you play on the show, what else theatre-wise am I to see you in? Ben first, maybe? Yeah. Hi, I'm Ben Goff. I play the handyman in the Choir of Man. Uh, before this, I was at the National Theatre for their production of Hex. Which was fantastic, by the way. Just Thank you very me. much. 
Hello, I'm Luke Connor Hall and I play the romantic. I was not at the National in Hex, but I did do the uh, international tour of Bat Out of Hell. That was the most recent thing I did. Which is such a fun show. We'll talk about all these shows during the course of the episode. I'm Absolutely. Sure. Uh, hi, my name's Mike Hamway. I play the poet in The Choir of Man. Um, I was also not in Hex in the National <laughs> Theatre. Uh, I was unemployed for a year before this. And before that, I did Cinderella by, uh, with, by, by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Another big show. I'm Nick. I am the director, co-creator of Choir of Man. I saw Hex, but I wasn't in it. <laughs> um, I haven't been in anything. I just uh, make the shows and tell people what to do. Just. I just make the shows. Yeah, I, just, I just create this. Yeah, well, you say just create this. It's been a long journey for this one, hasn't it? I think I first saw it at Edinburgh Fringe years and years and years ago. And now it's here at the West End. How long has it been now since you first came up with it? So we came up with the idea in the summer of 2016... Uh, we did our first show at the Edinburgh Fringe summer of 2017. Um, so that's the one I saw. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, so six years ago, and now we've had a you know, quite a journey since then. We've been all over the world and opened here in the West End almost a year ago. It is quite unlike anything else in the West End, really. It's such a fun, unique show. How do you describe it to people when they ask what the Choir of Man is? It's like the best pub lock-in you've ever been to. Love it. <laughs> Uh, For our listeners' benefit, we're recording on the stage as well, which is a beautiful pub set. And when you come see the show live, you can get on stage and get a beer from the bar and everything. Such a great experience. Yeah, so I've seen it twice here and I've seen it previously at Edinburgh Fringe. And it's always an intense sense of joy, such palpable excitement. How do you do that every single night? Uh, For me, it's such a fun show that the energy just comes naturally. The audience here are electric and they really, it's that two-way streak. We give them energy, they give us energy back, which means we give more energy, which means they (laughs) give us more energy. It's that two-way streak for me and it's just a joy. It's just a joy to do this show eight times a week. And such incredible songs as well. Um, I think there is a cast recording available somewhere on the internet and you can get an idea of the sort of songs you can hear. Do you have any favourite numbers yourselves? Oh, my favourite changes daily. So last week my favourite was Hello. But the week before that, my favourite was Chandelier. Those are the two I tend to go between. You're not allowed to pick your own song as your favourite. <laughs> Come on, that's, that's I can cheating. Do, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> but I have oh, to say, fair, fair. I would say that one of the really good moments in the show is uh, a song called Bring Tomorrow On, which is the only original song that we have in the show. And it really does feel like that kind of pub community everyone's welcome sort of number it just feels really fun and it's kind of right in the middle of the show and i just think there's loads of heart in it and the the audience seem to love it and we throw crisps during it as well so yeah so that's got to be a favorite for everyone surely um nick as a as a director you've seen a lot of iterations of this different cast performing the songs is there one song that's happening at the moment in a way that's really spectacular to you the cast we've got on in the west end at the moment are absolutely world-class they're spectacular and a long-term favorite of mine and also the way these guys do it chandelier um Mm. for a couple of reasons number one it's an ensemble piece so it only works if all nine guys are really on their game um and when they are it's magical because you can see it in their faces but also it's one of those moments in the show where we we spend a lot of time being silly we spend a lot of time being funny we spend a lot of time being a little bit irreverent and it's that one moment where we go oh and by the way we can really, really sing. And honestly, these guys are absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, it's a real favourite of mine. I have to agree. Chandelier is far and away my favourite moment in the show. And I love almost every moment. In fact, I do. I love every moment in the show. But 
chandelier the way it just everything gets focused there's no there's nothing overly stimulating there's no extraneous noise it's just focus on the the lads of the choir of man just singing together mm. and it's that sense of it's exactly that sense of of it only works if everyone's on their game and you can each feel it individually so when you're there and you're sitting down and you're all just pulling together to create this beautiful sound when you can feel that it's working oh man it's 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 electric it's crazy it's so satisfying and so joyful and then you can see it on in the audience's reaction afterwards. It's it's for me. It's the it's the, my favorite part of the show. Definitely, it's so beautiful. It is great. Of course, you start with with Welcome to the Jungle. I believe where it's really raucous and rock energy, and you think, okay, this is going to be a great chaotic pub show. But then there were these really tender, heartfelt moments as well. It's incredible. Mm. So, do you have a favorite song, Ben? A uh, favorite song for me. Again, it shifts between Chandelier. Mm. Uh, now, I also like Parting Glass. It's our final song yes. in the evening. As you say, we've, we've been on stage for 90 minutes. We're all dripping with sweat. <laughs> and we all come together. And again, we sing the song off microphone. So it's just us. And just I just love that moment with all the harmonies which we've got in there. It's a folk song. And, you know, the message which Mike says before the show is like, this is the, the song you wish you could have sung and had one final drink with somebody who you're missing and that really resonates with me especially over the last couple of years with covid and things like that so absolutely a real special moment for me parting glass that's it is real magic it does have those theatrical moments of just pure emotion mm. i think it's interesting again because parting glasses is, is another moment where we all come together as a as a whole and the way the show is constructed is is brilliant because it gives every individual an opportunity to you know, showcase something or show off a bit and be a bit out there, whether it's hello or tapping, which is unbelievable. Um, but then the way every individual slots together in those moments, and I don't know, feel free to cut this bit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some self-esteem. Well, I was just, just going to say, like, I think that there's a danger in this industry of feeling competitive with the people you're on stage with. Mm. Um, and it doesn't always happen at all by any means, but but I think it is something that is a, a kind of unavoidable side effect of the way the industry is um, and the way that we are encouraged to compete. Um, and I think what's so beautiful about this show is that there is z- zero. There is literally zero. We are all so much on the same page and you can feel it in the... I mean, you can feel it all the time because we're always supporting the person, but yeah. those moments, the parting glass and chandelier where it does not work unless every person is rooting for everyone else. It's, it's really special. You're absolutely right. And I think it's so special because you're coming together and we have seen the individual personalities and talents of everyone. I mean, Ben, your incredible tap number. Oh, bless you. <laughs> it's kind of a nod to more traditional musical theatre as well. And so you've got those elements. It's not just seeing some cover songs or anything. You do have the spectacle that you would in other West End shows. Mm-hmm. Was tap dancing something you've done all the time or do you learn it just for this? No, no, I've been dancing uh, for a good 30 years now. Uh, my parents were both in the industry. My dad's an actor and my mum was a dance teacher. Wow. And they had their own dance school in Leighton Buzzard, where I'm originally from. And it was purely easier for me to go to my parents' dance school than it was for them to hire a babysitter. (laughs) That's kind of how I kind of got into the business. And then when I was about seven or eight, my mum said, do you enjoy dancing? Do you enjoy acting? I was like, yeah, yeah. So I kind of carried on with them. And yeah, I've been 
tapping for a good 27, 28 years now, I want to say. And it's my favourite form of dance because obviously being short, I knew I would never be a prima ballerina with the Royal Ballet School, but I knew tap, it's more about the beats and the percussive style of it. And that's what I love about tap and especially this choreography by freddie he's just an insane tapper and it's so nice to again you don't normally see this kind of style of tap it's normally kind of a 42nd street style unless you've Mm. got shows like stomp or tap dogs where again they are tapping on tables and on bars and running up the walls and doing backflips and things like that it's a it's a fun number i do enjoy 50 ways but i am knackered afterwards (laughs) (laughs) absolutely shattered well you are absolutely incredible in it but so that's something so lovely about the show because you've got that amazing talent. Everyone has their own special talent. And it's it shows not just different people, but different types of masculinity, different ways of portraying men. Obviously, this is Choir of Man. I assume there's been a lot of thought put into how you're presenting masculinity in the show. Yeah, it was. So the, the genesis of this show was um, I, I wanted to reflect my experience of male friendship. And that was very heavily heavily influenced by touring in a band for 15 years. I spent many, many hours in a van with with five guys who most of the time they were my very best friends and sometimes I wanted to be anywhere but there. Uh, And that was just a reflection of spending a lot of hard yards and hard years on the road together. Mm. But when creating the show, I really wanted to to sort of say, look, you know, it's... I like I like the juxtaposition of pub, which makes you think lads, 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 and then you go actually come into our pub and it's the opposite of lads, lads, lads. It's it's we laugh together, we cry together, we look after each other. And for storytelling purposes, we have some typical versions of men, the hard man and the you know the romantic and the poet and everything like that. So that makes the, it easy for the audience to latch onto who we're talking about. Mm. But it's important to me that all these versions of masculinity still show the same side, which is actually a, a, a care for each other, no matter you know what sort of person you are. Yeah, that really does come through, not just in the way the cast portray, but it seems just talking to you now for the last few minutes, it seems like there's a genuine bond between everyone. Mm. Um, I think this show, this show works because it's good fun, but it really, really works when the guys believe in what they're selling, you know, which, mm. is, which is that we, we look after each other. And in, when casting it, we often look at each other and go, we say, temperament over talent, every single time. It has to be, if you're a nice person, mm. you'll fit in. If you're an incredible artist, singer, dancer, but you, we don't think you're going to, this, <clears throat> you know, you're not going to buy into the ethos of what we're selling, then this is not the show for you. By all means, be a superstar somewhere else, but not with us. I love that. Yeah. But we can do both. <laughs> <laughs> we can be really nice and be superstars. <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? It's important no, to get a message. I do have to say, I know I'm kidding, but <laughs> honestly, I, I would say hand on heart that the rehearsal process of this job, so coming into the show, mm. I might have had a little preconceived idea of what Choir of Man was, and I'd never actually seen it. I saw it the night before my first audition. And before I'd seen it, I thought, oh, yeah, lads, 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 that sort of thing. That's what you see on the surface. I'm not someone who is really integrated into pub culture. It's not really my thing. But, you know, go to the pub and have a drink. But it's not really, like, in my soul. But I came to see the show, as I say, the night before my first audition, and I could not have been more wrong about what I expect. There was just so much, I've said it already, but there's so much heart. You feel welcomed, no matter who you are, how you identify, whatever. I felt welcome and everyone in the room feels welcome every every single time. And the rehearsal process, I've never felt safer in a room before for those, th- what was it, three weeks? I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was 
a whirlwind, wasn't it? Yeah, but, it was um, pretty, pretty intense. But it was really supportive. Not one day of like judgment, like judgy when people like when you see people's eyes darting around and there's none of that. It was just everyone wanting everyone to be the best version of themselves, and it still is like that now, two months down the line. Lovely. I think also something I noticed about the process for this show, which I've never experienced before, was the not the audition room, but the the audition waiting room. Oh, does that make sense? So, yeah. on on every show I've ever auditioned for, the room outside the audition room is horrendous because you sit there, everyone's silent, looking at their stuff. Some people are trying to make small talk, and it's all a bit awkward, and no yeah. one really knows what to say. And I always really struggle because I, I I I hate that silence. Like that gives me anxiety just before going in. This is why I always arrive thirty seconds before my time, <laughs> um, or two minutes late, as it is. Maybe. Um, but uh, but something I noticed about Choir of Man was that in the audition waiting room. I've never been in a more open and friendly room of people waiting to audition for the same show. We just sat in a circle and just chatted and told yeah. stories. Lovely. And it was amazing. And I went straight home. I told, I was like, this is ridiculous. I've never had this before. Everyone was, and I, I came away thinking, I want to see all of these people again. I hope everyone gets yeah. it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It was just really, it was really lovely. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's just indicative of the, the show itself. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and the people who ultimately become involved in it. You know? Well, before we get on to the format of this podcast, because that's going to be a chaos time, so let's stretch this out as long as we can. Um, we should talk about the beer. There's a lot of beer. I heard <laughs> before um, before we start this interview, there's a lot of chat on stage about you switched to a new beer brand recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Backstage gossip at Choir of Man. that was chat. Is that gossip? That's <laughs> Is that the hot topic? That's so is that <laughs> Yeah, we did. Well, it's oh, yeah, we do. We have a can now. Right, Nick is opening a can as we speak. Look at this. It's ASMR oh. now. <laughs> now we're at ASMR. Oh, have a taste. Have a taste. <laughs> I was one of the good ones. That is very good. Yeah. Three star India Pale Ale. I just want some free beer, really. <laughs> yeah. So that is it's zero point uh, zero point five percent percent, I believe. It's so it's almost and zero. Gluten free. Yeah. It actually tastes really good, actually. Yeah. yeah it really does, good. doesn't it? Really Especially when it's nice. cold. Especially when it's really cold. Oh, when it's really cold, it's perfect. Oh, nice. yeah. I, we because we drink it on in the pre-show, obviously, and throughout the show. But we go up yeah. to the bar to get it before the, you know in the pre-show. And I don't know if anyone else does this, but every single show, I have to get a refill from the barman. Because I'm just drinking it because it's nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Just before the beginning of the show? Yeah, I'm just chatting to refill. people just drinking yeah. it. <laughs> it's only 0.5%, right? It'll be fine. There's, it's there's more alcohol than a banana. Fact for the day. I'm just bananas. <laughs> I didn't know a banana had true? any alcohol in. That's wow. amazing. Wow. Well, that is something else we should mention. The before show when the audience are all on stage on I the bar. you're talking about alcohol in bananas. We should talk about alcohol and bananas. I'm bad at the It's worth mentioning the show occasionally as well while we're here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so talking, you get to talk to the fans directly. You get They get to come up on stage. It's often before the show as well. So there'll be some people who have been before. I know when I was here the last time, there were loads of people who had come a million times before. Um, but also people who is their first experience of walking in here and you have to put them at ease. That's a whole like improv actor challenge, surely. It's also um, sometimes it's people's first entrance to the theatre world as well. Of you know, because you say a musical and you think of kind of the big West End shows, Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables, things like that. And mm. people, you know, especially men, I find, they don't really want to sit in a theatre for two and a half hours, three hours and watch those kind of shows so coming to this kind of show where 
they will know most of the songs as well. I think that's great. We've got such a mm. great array of artists. We sing Adele, Sia, Queen, Guns N' Roses, just everybody. You'll know one of those tracks. Again, come into the theatre and it doesn't feel like a traditional theatre. You've got this pub set, you've got people up on stage, you can have a beer on the <laughs> stage. I don't know any other West End show where you can do that mm, before the show starts. And I think that really kind of puts people's minds on, okay, this isn't going to be theatre what I thought it would be. And, you know, yeah. you speak to them afterwards and they go, that was a really great show. I wasn't expecting that kind of show. But I am thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm going to bring some more of my friends. We've already booked for next week, two weeks' time. And you find that people, they leave the theatre and go straight to the box office and try and book again for three weeks' time. And that's the joy. That is beautiful work you're doing, and also a beautiful segue, because the first question of mm. the official podcast, oh. <laughs> which is going to be chaos, is which show made you first fall in love with musical theatre? Now, you don't all have to answer because yeah. it will be really chaotic, but does anyone have a, one special show that really got them into musical theatre? For me, it has to be Starlight Express, because oh. as I said earlier, my mum and dad, they ran a theatre school, mm. and they would always do a summer school, and we'd always try and go and see a West End show and my parents were quite lucky because most of their um, children they taught would go into the West End so we could always get tickets and go and meet them backstage afterwards. And Starlight Express was one of those shows where you saw them racing around the theatre. Again, it was one of those theatres you walked in and it wasn't your traditional theatre. You had a racetrack going around the auditorium and to feel the wind of these performers as they go past in like 35, 40 miles an hour... That's kind of what, what made me go, I love this kind of entertainment. I want to do this. I want to be in theatre. That must have been another show where people went, not necessarily knowing if they like musical theatre or not, but it was so different to what they were expecting. Because exactly. as you say, it's brightly coloured people whizzing around you on roller skates. Yeah. That must have got a lot of people into musical theatre as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me personally, Starlight, I owe a lot to that show. Anyone else have a first musical theatre love? I don't know whether it's first, but... Phantom has always had a really special place in my heart. I've just always listened to it. I start. I started a bit later, right. so I started when I was about fifteen. And I kind of started with the, the ones you'd expect, like Lame Is, Wicked, whatever. And I guess Phantom yeah. was on that list as well. And there's just something about it that's really magical and, eth and ethereal that I've always loved. And I'm a big one for a score. I'm very right. musical. My, mus my backgrounds are mainly musical, okay. and. I just love how it makes me feel when well, I listen to it. That's two Andrew Lloyd Webbers so far. Oh, God, that yeah. That man is responsible for half of yeah, he's the two for two. Here. I didn't realise well, that. He was big in the 90s, 80s and 90s, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> <it? laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so I, I'm not really your typical musical theatre uh, fan. Um, sure. So I, my parents took me to Guys and Dolls when I was really little. I, oh, did they, t did they even take me to that? Or did I just have the soundtrack? I can't even remember. But it, that was that's usually what I consider the first musical ever I ever was familiar with. Yeah. But I didn't really decide to go into this until I was graduating university. So wow. when I was making that decision, the musical that changed my mind was Sweeney Todd because I happened to have been in it the year before. And I was like, oh, that was really fun. And that show was amazing and the music's glorious. And I thought, oh, that's a... That's a way into acting, you know, because I, I was interested in acting. Um, yeah, you're right. I suppose with a Sondheim, you've got really juicy roles to play in those shows. And yeah, and juicy harmonies, juicy roles, juicy lyrics, juicy everything. I mean, Sondheim is juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Sondheim's juicy. That's a quote for the show. Um, 
Nick, you were in a band. You were living the rock and roll lifestyle, and now you're in musical theatre. What happened? I have no idea. It all, <laughs> <laughs> it all went wrong somewhere. <laughs> oh, no. um, I, th- I mean, we're going to go um, Lloyd Webber again, but the musical for me was Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah, that's another good choice. Uh, again, a proper rock one as well. Yeah, so. 70s, 80s. Tim Rice can write a lyric. Andrew Lloyd Webber can certainly write a tune. Um, I didn't see it live on stage until I was uh, in my 20s, but I used to watch the movie, um, which was just amazing. Yeah, the movie was amazing. Um, and then I saw it with Zubin Vala in, when it reopened the Old Witch Theatre, and it that changed my world, because he's amazing. Zubin Vala is so good. I just saw him last night in the Odyssey that they were doing at National Theatre. That man can do anything. So he can. And the Odyssey, shout out to James Fortune, who wrote the music for Hex and the music for the Odyssey, oh, wow. uh, who was in the band with me. And he went oh, on right. to do that and I went on to do this. Mm. That's so cool. Isn't wow. it? What a small world the West End is. Incredible. Oh, it really is. That bears repeating. It is a tiny little world. <laughs> so be nice to everyone. Yeah. and be. said so far? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to proof, proofless in this. <laughs> so um, the next question we usually do is, which musical score gets stuck in your head the most often? And I imagine at the moment it's all of these incredible songs in Choir of Man. Um, but are there any other shows which have a very catchy score that you always find yourself humming down the street? Um, for me, because my daughter's into it, six. I mean, it is what is on my my daughter turns eight on Saturday and it is just going round and round. And the co-producers of of us here in the West End, uh, my my co-producers also produce six. um, Mm. Wendy and Andy from Global Musicals, they're wonderful, wonderful people. So and um, Lucy and Toby, who wrote the the score, uh, I mean, just genius writers. So, yeah, for me right now, six. And another one which has probably got more new musical theatre fans than many other shows out there. Yeah, it's a phenomenon, and good for them. They've, they've really done something special. Any other catchy... Um, for me, it's any Sondheim musical, you know, Into the Woods. But again, it's not yeah. just full songs. It's like little bits. It's, it's like, the so bits. it's your fault, yes, so it's your fault, yes. <laughs> and I'll just mm. s- sing that for 20 minutes, just going around my head, or, you know... Just that bit. Yeah, exactly. So it's your fault, yes, so it's your fault. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, and it is at mine. And, so, and I'll just repeat that section. Yeah. Sometimes it is your fault, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's my fault. You know, anything like that, again, you know, a bit of Sweeney every now and again will pop into my head. Mm. Again, it won't be just like full numbers. It'll just be little chunks here and there. Well, that's what Sondheim's so good at, because he's so good at making lyrics and music match together. So it sounds as if those are the notes that should always be with those words. So when you you hear someone say those words, that melody comes into your head. Mm. It's genius stuff. I have to say, so I don't, I, I don't tend to get musicals in my head that often, sure. weirdly. I get other things. But there's one song that always comes back, and it's um, from Greece. Oh. Ah, where's my brain? Wow. There are worse things I could oh, do. Oh, nice. That one yeah. is, for some reason, never leaving this head. <laughs> it's been, it literally comes back like clockwork, and it's been doing it for the last like, four years. Oh, I wow. feel like it was, it's, honestly, it does not leave my head. And it's a beautiful song. I'm not complaining much but <laughs> i just don't know why it's a good song but most people wouldn't say that's the catchiest song from greece right. that's unusual yeah. that, the, it's, greece is a musical of catchy songs no, it's pretty good though Except it's pretty that epic that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the one my brain latched onto so there we go yeah. <laughs> i mean similarly actually i should say at some point throughout my week 
I will hum a little melody from No Good Deed from Wicked. That that song just swims yes. around my head because I do want to play Alphabet and I probably will never do it. But oh, but your voice, you <laughs> well, never say never say never. <laughs> but yeah, that's always just there, just in case I need to like pull it out in case anyone wants me to do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that that that's similar to me. That's always just swimming around in there. Yeah. Love a bit of Wicked. Well, what is your favourite musical currently running in London? And I have to say, except Choir of Man, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you just took away the easy answer. <laughs> I haven't seen much reason. I've been quite bad since being back here, and I said I was going to be better. Well, you're doing eight we'll shows to... a week, I mean. Yeah, you do have an excuse. Do, but I'll have to have a think. Uh, for me, it's between two. It's between Matilda hmm. and the Book of Mormon. I think I've seen those shows the most out of any other show but i do need to take a trip back to those theaters and watch them so well i have a good excuse a couple of my friends are going into the cast soon so that'll be a good excuse to go and see them and see the show again so i I love long-running shows like that where you can just go back a year later see different people interpreting it and yeah those shows are gonna be there forever you'll Mm -hmm. you'll see those again and again just close but come from away i would see every night of the week if i could um come from away uh all day every day well that'd be weird but I'd, i'd see it a lot um I'll echo Ben Matilda again, you know, it's probably a reflection of my time of life. Took my kids recently, cried my eyes out. Great, great show. Tim Minchin, again, can write a song. And the staging's lovely and simple and straightforward, yeah. Which musical has made you laugh the most? For me, again, it's Book of Mormon. It's one of those shows that I saw the first time and was literally laughing every two to three minutes it's just got one of those scripts which i you know i'm a big south park fan myself and it was just that humor on stage and yeah and thing is as well it was the things that you couldn't really laugh about in public but somehow it feels you feel you can laugh about it in the theater and yeah one of my favorite musicals I'd have to go Book of Mormon as well. I know it's unoriginal now, but um, yeah, just very, very funny. Start to finish. I'm actually going to go a different angle. So um, I was a part of a show that was called Queens um, last year. And it's not, I guess it's not really a musical. It's loads of songs and we do have like, it's kind of very similar vibe to this in in a way. But I'm going to go there because I laughed every single day when I was a part of that show. Like we were just having fun. And so I've never laughed more than when I was involved with Queens. That's what I would say. Lovely answer, which I missed, unfortunately. But was that based, what was that, a historical based show or about so, Queens? Or? No, so it's, it's a drag show. Oh, lovely. So I was in drag yes. and there was, it's five drag queens and we're basically the, the we're, we're a pop band. We're like five girls who are trying to just be a pop band. And it's just, it's pop music. We've got some musical theatre in there. Um, we've got like a musical theatre medley where we kind of change the lyrics and make them, you know, a bit a bit saucy and stuff. So that that was always fun. And yeah, we just got to live out our best pop diva fantasies every single night. So we did Coventry, Edinburgh Fringe, and then they're, they're, on, a t- they're on tours now. They've done, I think they're on their fourth tour now. Wonderful. I mm. love how much musical theatre is expanding. Yeah. It's not just a narrative book musical anymore. It can be people singing in the pub. It can be drag queens. It can be Honestly. six, whatever the hell six is meant to be. <laughs> if it, exactly, yeah. If it, I feel like I've seen six and I haven't, but because of the amount of... Yeah. The, it's everywhere. <laughs> the, the songs are everywhere. I feel like I've seen it and I haven't. <laughs> I've never seen six, but... And how wonderful that musical theatre is penetrating the culture like that then. 
we'll go and see it on one matinee before our evening show. We'll go yeah, and see it together. Short as well. We should go and see them. exactly. Yeah, and it's down the road from us as well. That's the great thing about working in the West End. Yeah. We've got so many theatres, you know, just fifty meters from us, and it's just we need to go and see more theatre. Agreed. Back Definitely. to the Future as well. I need to see that one. Oh yeah. Well, what is everyone's favourite movie musical? Has there been a movie musical that's really stood out in your life? From childhood, Alice in Wonderland. Okay. The like the kind of really old one. Do you, the do you know the one? Yeah, the animated one. Yeah. I used to watch. I used yes, Disney one, but I used to watch it almost weekly. Oh. And then the second one, which is more traditional, it would be Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Those are the those are the two I used to watch on rotation. Brilliant. Two slightly creepy ones as well. Slightly creepy childhood stories. Maybe that explains it. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, it's funny because you already mentioned um, South Park, but I always say South Park the movie. It it's is a musical, it isn't it? It is a, a musical. musical start to finish and it is brilliant and it's so funny and it's so irreverent and it doesn't get mentioned. <laughs> but I always, yeah, I, I just think that's excellent. Didn't know he's existed. South Park the movie, bigger, longer, uncut. It's really oh, good. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. And the legend is that Sondheim wrote the... Trey Parker and Matt Stone a letter when it came out saying this is my new favourite movie musical of all time wow. so it's no approved by Sondheim that's how good I a musical it is yeah. <laughs> uh, for me it's a personal favourite because I've got really strong links to it it's uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate oh, Factory yeah. mm. uh, the Gene Wilder version yeah. purely because I'm going to clang here boys <laughs> Ready? Yes, my dad was an original Oompa Loompa in the film in 1970 so that movie was always on. It is always on Christmas, Easter, summer holidays. So, yeah, that's, that's a big movie musical, which, you know, obviously changed my dad's life because he was only 20 when they filmed that. Wow. And now 50 years on, it's still got this mass following. And it's still to this day my dad's favourite movie he's ever done. And he's gone on to do so many more, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah... Yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Gene Wilder. That must be incredible because so many people have seen that movie. Mm. Like, just to know you've had an impact on so many lives all around the world. Exactly, yeah. Wonderful. My kids love that film and they're eight and five. Mm. So you know, that's amazing. You know, they sing it at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have a movie to throw in? You don't have to. Uh, I mean, Mary Poppins was the thing yeah. that oh, yeah. I remember watching that about seven or eight years old. And whenever it's on, you never really flick past it. You're like, oh, yeah, I like this yeah. one. And then you'll sing along to it. I find any movie which has music by the Sherman Brothers, you can just easily sit back and watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, yeah. you know, Mary Poppins, all those classics. Mary Poppins, I, wa I watched... Um when I was young, I used to have these phases, I guess I still do sometimes, where I would watch the same thing repeatedly for about a week or two. Right. And uh, it often coincided when I was ill or off from school or whatever. And Mary Poppins was, was one I remember watching every day for about two weeks when I was younger. I just loved it. I don't know, I don't know what it was, apart from that it's awesome. It's fantastic. No. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, once. Once I have. And it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. They do real magic and everything. It's incredible. They do. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well worth a watch. Well that worth was the watch, first yeah. Western musical I ever saw, Mary Poppins. Really? My parents oh. brought me down here to see I can't remember how old I was. It was obviously a long time ago. The, yeah. the, the version before the when it came back recently. Yeah, yeah. So I am. Um, yeah, that was the very first West End musical I saw. We've talked a little bit about what people expect for masculinity and all that sort of thing. Next question is, which musical 
might people be surprised to learn you love? It could be something at odds with your personality or what people call a guilty pleasure or something like that. Maybe something no one else appreciates, but you do. One that people would never expect me to say would be Passion by Sondheim. I don't think anyone would expect me to say that. But That's it's an a, intense it's, show. Yeah. It's again, I've never, I've never seen it. I think there was a revival recently, like two it years was, ago or um, something. Manchester, yeah. Didn't get to see it, but it's the score again. Gorgeous, so yes. that's the bit that I love about it. I will listen to the whole score of that, like from big start to finish and just like listen to the story in my head. And I'll, yeah, I, I love that one. And I think the original with Donna Murphy is on YouTube if you want to find a cheap bootleg of it. Oh, yes. A slime tutorial. A slime they call tutorial. Them, they call them slime tutorials, don't they? Yeah, if you want two hours bootleg. of passion to depress you, then that's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonderful it's, show as well. Yeah, I might have to have a look. It's more just the score for me, but yeah. Gorgeous. It's not really a guilty pleasure, but I just kind of want to mention it. Um, in the uh, the big writers strike that happened when we were young, um, do you remember when like Heroes went off and mm-hmm. and all these shows? I think maybe Lost got affected. I can't remember. Um, Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog came out on YouTube. I've with never ne- heard of this. Oh, no, this okay. is amazing. Okay, so Neil Patrick Harris right. um, plays this uh, wannabe supervillain who has a YouTube blog and, uh, and it's, it's really charming and lovely and cute and silly. Um, it's written by, I've forgotten his name. Who's the guy who wrote Buffy and the Avengers? Joss Whedon. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Joss Whedon wrote it. And he basically, I think they were just in the writer's track. This, this is as far as I'm aware, this could all be wrong, but it's what I think sure. it is. Um, yeah, let's tell the lo- listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that when the writer's strike happened, he just, he wanted to create something, just put it out there. Yeah. There wasn't going to be much any money in it or anything. It was just a, a creative pursuit for creative creation's sake. And he said he'd always wanted to do a musical, which I always think is really funny because for any Buffy fans listening out there, the Buffy musical episode is one of the best musical episodes of TV. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and yeah, so they came out with this, with this, I think it's a 45 minute single thing show. And yeah. it's really funny and really good and really charming. So check that out. Yeah, straight on YouTube after this. Thank yeah. you for that recommendation. <laughs> I think my guilty pleasure musical would have to be Barnum because my nan has always been a big Michael Crawford fan and she had a VHS of Barnum when it was taped at the Victoria Palace. And I just remember every summer going around to her house and watching and re-watching and re-watching it. So I think Barnum's well. And also, you know, it's circus skilled. I'm a big fan of circus and juggling and tightrope walking and still walking things like that so Barnum would have to be my choice and it's actually a solid show as well it's Mm. nothing to be embarrassed about with Barnum Uh, okay well the next question we don't have to dwell on it because it's a bit negative but is there a musical that other people really love that you don't quite understand that doesn't quite connect with you in the same way it connects with everyone else again we can be brief (laughs) how how honest should we be (laughs) in this thing are you likely to work with these people in the future (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll let someone else go first actually so, okay, I'm going to go first. I um, I don't know if it's just like contrarianism within me, but there's something that I, I don't get about most of the commercial big league um, musicals. Um, I don't know. What, I mean, you uh, how much? How many burns am I going to bridge? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, what doesn't connect with like, you at the moment at this point in your life? Answer, Do you think? I just I don't know like I like oh, Phantom. Oh, sorry, mate. Oh. <laughs> we could start fights around the table. Yeah, I it just does not. It's it's long and 
boring. <laughs> Absolutely fair. Andrew, don't listen to this. Um, uh, yeah. I have to say, I saw the Vegas, the Las Vegas spectacular version of it, which was in the Venetian. I believe I saw the last night of it. And having seen that and having seen the London one, it really was a spectacle and it made it seem like a different show. The chandelier was in four different pieces and they flew around the auditorium. Okay, that sounds pretty cool, not going to lie. <laughs> it That's was massive. Cool. But you're still... You're, I, actually, I really don't... I don't know, because, like, what if... Oh, man. What? You're, it's your pinning... If you don't connect, you don't connect. I think that one of the things I think is interesting about Phantom is that most people, when they talk about it, they mention the chandelier. And I have... I just... There's something... It feels weird that a massive show like that, and the best thing people can say is an in, in, ingenious bit of set. And I, it is yeah. cool, don't get me wrong. It was all right didn't live up to the hype some of the songs are really lovely i'm really going in now aren't i <laughs> uh, no, you can I would cut to, this bit yeah. we don't want this but i'm embarrassed now cut it no it's good i would <laughs> say that phantom is the one that gets answered for this question the most of all the oh, people i've interviewed oh, yeah, yeah. i've done like 30 episodes so you're not okay, in a minority good. Okay, good. anyone else want to burn any bridges while we're here <laughs> um, just for fun uh, for me um i saw heathers when it was at um, the Haymarket Theatre, oh, yeah. you know, enjoyed the show. Would I go back and see it again? Probably not. You know, I can see why people do go back and see it hundreds of times, but that was a show for me. I was like, it's a nice show. Yeah. It is a very specific sense of humour, isn't it? Like, mm. I imagine people don't get the sense of humour of Book of Mormon. It's exactly, similar yeah. with Heathers. It's, if it doesn't connect, it doesn't connect. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one, Heathers, though. That story is, is very strange. I saw it as well in the, I think the same in the, when it was in the hair market. Yeah. I just followed Geordie Steele around the whole time. I think she's a superstar. <laughs> I mean, she is fabulous. She is fabulous. God, I was obsessed with her. <laughs> okay, what do you think is the most romantic musical on a more upbeat, positive note? Would we describe ourselves as romantic people? At least one of us, hopefully. Well, apparently I have to answer this one, don't I? So I'm, I'm having, <laughs> this, is, this is my brand we're talking yes. about. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if this is the right answer, but I love the book, Time Traveller's Wife. Um, oh, opening very soon. Opening yes. very soon. I know it did really well, and it was in Chester, wasn't it? Um, so I have high hopes for that, because I, I read the book when it first came out, when everybody was reading it. You know when you go on the tube and like six people are all yes. sat down reading the same book? So I joined the train, um, not wanting to enjoy it, and thought it was magical, and I was courting my now wife at the time, and I gave oh. the book to her, and she really liked it, so it has a special place. Um, oh, so I'm lovely. hoping that that's very romantic, even though... Spoiler, it's sad in the end. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a lot of pressure on David Hunter and Joanna Woodward when they open in a few weeks. Live exactly. up to this romance of yours. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I have high hopes for that. I feel like a lot of the romantic ones are actually quite tragic as well, because I'm going to say Miss Saigon. Mm. Miss Saigon. much more tragic than that, yeah. It really doesn't, but the, the relationship between um, Kim and... Oh, my God, what's Chris. his name? Kim and Chris, for me, is just... That, that on her whole journey throughout the whole thing is is amazing to me and then the music just heightens everything even more for me that one yeah but then of course yeah spoilers it gets really really heavy <laughs> you're right though the music is so good anything could happen in that show and as long as they had one moment where they kissed to that music it would be fantastic yeah yes. the, I th- if, to be honest i think that's what makes it so brilliant that musical the juxtaposition of how harrowing what mm. they're going through and then that genuine sort of just love that they've got for each other then yeah it's it's those two things great answer i think for me ghost i saw ghost and again 
I just loved. Yeah, again, you know, very similar to what you were saying. Yeah, tragic. But it's just that moment at the end where they do get that chance to reconnect and you go, oh, your heart bleeds for them. So, yeah, ghost for me. <laughs> Weren't you in that musical where they tell the story in two halves and it goes backwards and forwards? Oh, yes, I was. Yes. Oh, last five years. <laughs> the last five years. Oh. Yeah. That, I guess, yeah, that's pretty, that's quite a romantic musical, I suppose. I suppose it doesn't end well, again. Not much stage Yeah, I think there is a reason that. why romance and tragedy tend to go hand in hand. It's, ah... Uh, Boring to see happy people. (laughs) (laughs) Except in Choir of Man. Except here, come and see us. We proved that wrong. Um, Yeah, the last five years is, is, I mean, it's all one big love story. But it's funny because, again, it's, it's, it's a relationship between... It's not exactly a happy relationship, really. No, not at all. Um, Like, the show begins with her having just been dumped. So, like, that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. And then you see him develop and you go, wow, you're kind of a jerk, you know? Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of other, like, typically romantic musicals. Once is, again, not a Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Once is gorgeous. And another yeah. one where they actually, I think they served you beer on stage, actually, yeah. at the yeah, Phoenix Theatre when that was open. Obviously not as spectacularly as you do it here. No, we, we, did, it f- we did it first. We did yes. it first. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't do it first. God damn it. <laughs> but you perfected the art. Well, let's get on to the big question. Okay. The most important question. Everyone has to answer this one. So if you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power to order one show, be staged forever, which show would you want to be put on so you can go see it whenever you want, as much as you want, and in which venue? For me, it has to be the producers at so, Drury Lane. So fun, great venue as well. Again, I saw it when it came into town with Lee Evans and Nathan Lane. And again, Dreamcast. one of those movie musicals, which I absolutely love. I mean, Mel yeah. Brooks himself is just a genius, it's comedic so genius. So yeah, producers very easily at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. Great answer, yes. I'll just keep it short, Legally Blonde. I think it's incredible. You've been in, haven't you? I have. Legal yeah. Phenomenal I think show. Incredible. Legal Blonde. Uh, I was uh, uh, Aaron Schultz um, and stenographer. Very uh, important role, yes. Well, yeah. And I covered Emmett and Warner. Um, but I only went on as Emmett and I only went on once. Well, that's such a fun that's show. Shame. It's hilarious. It's catchy. Where, what venue would you put it on in? Oh, wow. <laughs> you have to go there every day. Maybe the one next to your house. You have to go there every day. No, okay. You can go there every day if you want oh, to. Oh, that's a different question, man. Where, where would it be good in? Tell you what, I'd work here and then I'd put that in the null coward so I can just pop, pop, pop <laughs> over. <laughs> Is that a good one for it? I don't know how many. Yeah, I think yeah. Legally Blonde deserves to be anywhere it yeah. wants to be. It can play anywhere, yes. Yeah, do you go for like a, an epic, massive stadium like theatre? Yeah. Or do you go for somewhere really small where you're right next to the action? It's really intimate. Yeah. You know I have been in it. You know what it suits. Yeah, I would Legally Blonde, you'd want a big I did. We did lots venues. of different venues, yes. Yes, we did, yeah. Um, I, I, my answer, God, again, it, this is a bit off the wall There's, and not something that exists yet. We've um, had a lot of people answering the same shows for this podcast. So okay, we good. To have something different. Well, um, have you seen the movie The Yellow Submarine? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Big Beatles fan here. Bear with okay. Amazing. So one of the biggest movies of my childhood. I love that film. It is pure insanity. Yes. Um, but I just, I just, re- I love it. It's got a really special place in my heart. I would love 
So this is not this is not an answer to the same question. I would just love to see someone stage it as yes. magnificently as possible and then have that be like I don't know, London Coliseum or something, or like or like the roundhouse <laughs> in the round. Right. Yeah. And always on. That would be, be great. Impossible for anyone to get the rights to, I'm sure, but Oh, isn't that such a so shame. Good. Maybe in a hundred years or so. Let's stay alive that long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Nick. I'd probably go, it's something I said before, I would have Jesus Christ Superstar at the Old Witch with Zubin Vala and Steve Balsamo, because that was just such a huge experience for me. So I'm that. available. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Luke Conahall. Right not right now. <laughs> Brilliant answers. Thank you very much, everyone. You've all been incredible, incredible guests. Thank you very Thanks much. for having thank us. You. Yeah, thank Pleasure. you so much. much. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. So that was Luke Conahall, Ben Goff, Michael Hamway and Nick Dudson, four wonderful people from Choir of Man, three of the cast, and Nick, obviously, director, producer. Just a great, great time recording that one. And uh, uh, yeah, just get down to the show. It's such a good time. It, it's, I mean, the voices alone, they do some beautiful a cappella parts, and the band absolutely rocks. It's such a really fun show. Such a really fun show that that's the phrasing I'm going to go with here. I should start writing these things in advance and then I wouldn't have to make up words and make up sentence structure. Anyway, um, this podcast is produced in association with MusicalTheatreReview.com, your premier source for news, reviews and interviews on all things on stage, backstage and worldwide. Make sure you follow them on all the social medias as well as, of course, everyone from Choir of Man and get your tickets. And if you want to follow this pod on the social media, I just called it a pod. That's the first time I've done that. If you want to follow the pod on all the social medias, it's at Musical Mayor Pod. Oh, no. Yeah, OK. I call it pod in the in my handle on Twitter as well. Yeah. At Musical Mayor Pod on the social medias. Get in touch. If you have any thoughts, it'd be lovely to hear. If you want to suggest guests, you know, do that. I can always reach out to people with, and say, the fans demand I speak to Bernadette Peters right now. So it's got to happen. That, that's bound to work, isn't it? Um, and another thing you can do if you really want to is, you know, subscribe. You can leave reviews on iTunes. That's always really handy. And if you want to leave reviews saying which show you would order run forever, if you were the mayor of musical theatre, that would that would be really exciting for me to read. I need to know what what people think about musicals that's the whole point of this podcast anyway um thank you so much for listening this has been a really fun one to record and we've got some really great episodes coming up so hit that subscribe button i'm saying a lot of things today i've never said before this all feels very strange doesn't it anyway have a lovely week or however long it is till next one let's say a week bye bye